1: Today on my Millennial Money Property, we're talking about rent to buy. Is it good or bad? G'day John, how are you? Good thanks, Glenn. And you? Not too shabs. Now this is a I can't actually wait to get into this topic, but before we do, thank you to Wellman Finance. Sean Wellman and team at Wellman Finance. They're a quality mortgage broker based out of Melbourne. They can help everyone wherever you are in Australia. But if you do want a face-to-face mortgage broker in Melbourne, Sean and the team at Wellman Finance will help you. Now, the good thing about mortgage brokers, John, is you'll always have a choice with multiple lenders and products. Like, it's just the way it is. There will always be choice. Whereas, if you go direct into a bank or lender or to a credit union website or building society website or whatever, you're only going to get their product. Yep, the best they've got. Yeah, and it's the best that they've got, but that might not be the most appropriate no. for what you need. So, Sean and the team at au forward slash M3, they'll help you. They'll always give you at least two options mm. when talking about your mortgage. Yeah. All right. Rent to buy. So, let's break it down because if ever I've heard this concept, I always like shiver. Do you shiver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. It's just I haven't heard any successful stories, mm. particularly for the person who is doing the renting to buy Yeah, because it's not skewed in their favor. But what is the concept?
2: Mm. It, it's actually more common in America. Yes. And in Australia, you predominantly see it in Sydney, Melbourne, as is majority of the property in Australia. But yeah, it's more common in those sort of environments. Essentially, it's a lease option. So a tenant might say, well, I would like to buy this property, but I haven't got, I can't get finance at the moment to buy this property. I haven't got enough of a deposit to put down to buy it outright right now, but I know that I potentially will in the next three to five years. And most agreements or contracts or whatever you wanna call them between the the tenant and the landlord are usually three to five years in length, nothing longer than that. So what they'll do is they'll put down commonly around about a two, 3% deposit, and then they'll pay more than what the going rent is per week. Which is almost equity. Yeah, the concept is that they're building equity or paying part of the loan or building the deposit whilst they're living there renting it. With the view that in three, four, five years' time when the contract's ended, that like normally you'll go and get your finance from the lender and take that property over. So you essentially don't own it until that contract is expiring.
1: That contract, if you're the renter, it's the option
2: to purchase it? Correct, yeah. So it's the first option to purchase it. Now, in the in the renter's defense, because you could be listening here right now thinking, well, gee, I could put all this money in over three or four years, and then the landlord walks away with my money. The key is having a watertight agreement to begin with, which means obviously involving a lawyer solicitor to draw that up that, it, that is watertight. But in those type of agreements, the landlord is locked. So they can't say in two years time, no, I'm out, I've decided not to sell the property. It's the tenant that can say, well, in two years time, no, I don't want to buy it anymore. But then they risk losing that the rent that they've paid in that time.
1: Right. So, it is more so that this property, it will be sold if you want it in two years' time?
2: Yes. If you don't want it in three years' time, if the contract's a three-year period, again, you risk losing all that money. So, you've paid an inflated rent amount for that period. It's a
1: premium for the option.
2: That's right. So, you're
1: paying to have the option,
2: basically. Yeah. But- In today's lending conditions, and and this has been going on for years, so it's nothing new, Mm. but in today's lending conditions, if you've put down a 3% deposit, you've still got 97% left. So in that three-year period, if the contract's three years, you'll want to pay at least 2% to get a 95% loan, but ideally, you want to have the loan-to-value ratio back down 90% at least so that the lender will will lend you the money.
1: And why would somebody want to do this as a strategy?
2: Good question. Personally, I've never done it and I haven't had a client that has done it. Would I endorse them to do it? (sighs) It'd want to be a very special circumstance because if we can't get the lending now, why do we want to lock ourselves in or, or have the option to buy this property that we're living in? What's so special about that when there's Thousands of other homes to go and buy around the country. Mm. So, yeah, people just like the comfort of saying, right, here's my option to buy this house that I'm living in. I'm paying a bit more than the ordinary rent over that time. The convenience of, well, I don't need to move out in three years' time. I just take over the title and away I go and own the property.
1: Mm. Yeah. What do you think are the only negatives? Because what I want to do after we've kind of discussed it a little bit, Mm. I want to swing back around and explain in really simple terms, how option contracts work for properties because the way this kind of is, rent to buy, you actually, if you understand how options work, it will just help. So, what do you think are the negatives?
2: There's a few of them. The first one is you're paying an over inflated rental price for that period of time and at the end of that period, you might decide, no, I don't want to buy the property. Mm the chances of getting your money back at that stage are very, very minimal.
1: Well, they wouldn't be because if I'm the property owner, if I've got an option hanging over my head that it will be purchased, Mm. I want a premium for that. Correct,
2: yeah. So leads on to the next negative of, well, if you're my tenant and you're renting to buy, I might put a premium on the actual purchase price as well. Yes. Right, so not only could I potentially forego that, inflated rent amount but I could also pay too much for that property that I'm Mm. have the option of buying the third negative I see is it's essentially an off-the-plan purchase right without Mm. fully committing to it because you day one when you enter into it you can't get finance so your situation might not get any better over the three years to the point where the lenders might not actually lend you any money at the end of your contract so you can't buy the property anyway
1: Mm. And I guess to be brutally savage, would you ever recommend this strategy?
2: As I said before, I haven't. If someone came to me and said, this is what I've been offered, mm. we would entertain the pros and cons of the decision. Mm. But 98% of the time, I'd say no.
1: See, for me, I think, because I'm thinking, when would you do it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah and i think it would have to be as you said very special and i'm just thinking of a fictitious thing right yeah so it's the perfect well number one you've got to have a landlord or a property owner who's open to putting an option over the property that's right regardless okay which is probably going to be rare but number two it would have to be a very special property and or location maybe in a very exclusive area Mm -hmm. so where we live, for example, there's a few of those beachside streets... Yep. ...which you can get it. You can get something in there that's a, maybe an old shack or something. Mm. And I'm thinking you want to live there and you might be... I'll give you an example. You've moved up from Victoria to where we live. Got a two-year work contract. You've got a place that you're renting and you really love it. Yeah. And you might go, look, if we do get a job here more permanently this would actually be the ideal place. Yeah. So let's have a chat to the landlord to see if we can put an option to buy this property mm. after two years. Yeah. And then I guess that goes into to have that option of buying the property without it going to market, without it going to option, yeah. we can actually afford to pay a premium to have the option to purchase.
2: Yeah, that's right. And the landlord, it's um, in their favour because they don't pay agents fees. Exactly. It's straight through to the purchaser and away they go. The 2%, as I said, 98% of the time I wouldn't, mm. the 2% would be, well, okay, there's a, a retired landlord that doesn't need the money. Um, you know them really well. You've established a good relationship. You, you, you understand the suburb and you're a savvy investor that says, you know what, I reckon this suburb is undervalued and the landlord's pretty happy with the price that they're prepared to give this thing away to me for and I buy it a good price and the market I can see is going to have some growth in the next three to five years.
1: So, a practical example could be this, okay? There's a $500,000 property. Yep. You do a rent to buy agreement with the landlord and I hate how it's called rent to buy because it's actually not. It's just an option contract. Yeah. So, you go, we'll pay you the $500 a week rent plus... An extra hundred dollars a week. Okay. Yes. So just a round numbers over the next three years yep. we'll pay you an extra fifteen grand, 15 grand that yep. you just keep. Okay. Yeah. But the option says in three years we have the option to purchase this property for five fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's an incentive for the landlord or the property owner. Yeah. If they don't think they can get five hundred for it in yeah. three years, yeah. But it's an advantage for you if you think or know that that property in three years' time is going to be worth seven hundred thousand. Yeah. You've got the option to purchase it. Yeah. At five fifty.
2: Yeah. If you can purchase it five hundred today, that's even better, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah.
1: But again, if it is the perfect storm. Yeah. And you want to put an option over the property to say, look, we want it. And usually the option contract, it's I can buy this for five fifty yep. at any time up to this end date.
2: That's right, yeah. And the landlord is locked into that. So if the market moves and it's now worth seven hundred at that time at the end of three years, then tough titties landlord. It's the renter's uh, option to pull out or to purchase. Yeah,
1: but that fifteen grand, if they've done hundred dollars a week for the last three years, and it's around fifteen grand, yep. that money. Doesn't go towards the purchase price. That's just the premium for the option.
2: Correct. Yeah. Yep. Cash so that's connection. your kind of
1: insurance policy. Yeah. An option contract and the premium that you pay for an option is insurance. Yep. That's yep. how you've got to see it. So I'll give you an example for those listening, because this is where it all kind of makes sense and it isn't, you know, technically a rent to buy because there's no reason john why you couldn't rent next door and put an option contract over the property next door
2: no that's right <laughs> like hey i want an yeah. option
1: to buy this property in two years at yeah. this price i'll give you a five grand a year yep. to have that so developers and i'll keep this trying as simple as possible in the same type of thing there's a huge five acre block there's an old tin shed on it no one's sitting there you track down the owner probably worth 500 grand okay Mm -hmm. but you as a developer you go to the owner of that five acre block with a tin shed Mm -hmm. and say hey i want the option to buy this property off you within three years for a million dollars yep okay and the owner goes oh it's only worth 500 today yeah in three years time hell yeah i'll take a million dollars like it's double what i could get today But what the developers do during that time where the property is under an option contract, the developers get a DA approval yep. to change the zoning, which it could be worth, if they get that approval, it might be worth $5 million mm. when they get that approval. Cut it all up. But they've got the option to buy the property for a million dollars yeah. when it's only worth 500 but they can buy it for a million. And then it has value once the DA is approved for five million.
2: Yeah, and the beauty of that for the developer, which is, in the terms of low risk, high risk, it's up the higher end That's because right. you're playing in a, a big game. The benefit of that is the valuer comes in at that time and says, "Well, okay, this thing's worth a million dollars now. You only need to get lending on five hundred grand." Yeah, your LVR is very comfortable in that sense. Whereas if you bought it tomorrow, it's still only worth five hundred grand.
1: That's right. But the whole thing is the risk for the developer is we've got the option to buy it for a million dollars. If we get the DA approved, we know this thing will be worth $5 Mm. which means we've paid a million dollars for a $5 million property. But the thing is the developer might need to spend $200,000 getting plans drawn up, doing environmental stuff, doing fire stuff. Now, if they do all this stuff and invest 200 grand and it gets knocked back at council... The developer's out of pocket yep. and the developer just doesn't call the option. Mm. So the option fades mm. away in two years, the option ceases and the developer hasn't pulled the trigger. They've that's just right. lost the 200 grand. Yep. And that's why with a lot of these developers, it's boom or bust.
2: Yeah, that's right. And a lot of the time that 200K is from investors. It's not exactly. out of their own pocket. Exactly. And that's where the horror story is set in.
1: So I think if you understand how options contracts work that's what a rent to buy is yeah i don't see it here much but if there was the unique circumstances that you were renting a property and you did love it yeah and you didn't have your ducks lined up for another two years and the landlord was half curious yeah sure you guys could talk to a solicitor and draw up a contract but you've got to pay a premium for that option yeah which means instead of paying five hundred dollars a week for rent you're paying 700, for example. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So it's a premium because mm. the reason why the the landlord needs a premium because that person can't sell the property while it's under option contract. No, that's right. And even with the developer thing, in some instances, the developers will say, we'll give you a hundred grand lump sum Up here front. just as yeah. a kicker, goodwill payment, non-refundable, yeah. just as a sweetener in terms of a premium for the option contract.
2: Yeah. And, and you might be sitting here listening saying, well... Why would a landlord want to sell that property or go through that rent to buy option? One reason may be for capital gains tax purposes where the person's still in full-time employment, they're nearing retirement, they're going to retire in two years and then on the third year, they sell it.
1: Yeah, they could be broad tax strategy and it could be a bird in the hand is better than 10 in the bush. And yeah. you've got someone who's living in the property. Yeah, sure. We'll take you know a bit of extra money and they can have it in two years. Yeah. You know, It's part of our strategy to cash up and buy yeah. a farm up north or whatever. So we'll do a quick question. Daniel asks, investment property minimum purchases, are you better to jump in the market in two years at 300,000 or wait five years for a $500,000 purchase in relation to capital gains and leveraging equity as a strategy. So I guess what he's saying is, do you just wait and purchase in higher as opposed to jumping in now, yeah. purchasing and then having a tax liability? I'd be getting in now. I'd rather pay a bit of tax and get a gain.
2: Well, the old adage, if, if you're paying tax, you're making money. I would definitely be getting into the market sooner rather than later. Um, historically speaking, you'll win out most of the time. So especially when we're talking three years, you can see what's happened in a lot of marketplaces in the last three years around the country now. But if you're only talking six months or nine months, then totally a different conversation.
1: But it's the whole thing. It's like you're not running your financial strategy. You're not headlining that strategy with a tax mindset. No. It's more we want to be an investor. Yeah. And then we need to be strategic to make it tax effective yeah like after you, that you've done it the other way so. yeah that's right so yeah. thanks for that daniel and bridie asks how can i get out of a joint purchase of a property with family where we are guarantees for each other
2: hmm that's a sticky one well so bridie,
1: it, yeah it means it's a bit of a mess possibly. yeah
2: there's a a few variables but there's really two options it depends on how many family members there are in the the whole entity but in essentially pool of yeah Cross-collateralization. Um, the two common options are a family member buys your portion out for you and you, you take the cash and, and run. And the second option is you convince or agree together to sell the whole thing as one and and you all take your proceeds.
1: Or if one of the family members was cash-heavy, for example, and they wanted out. they w- So, if one of the family members owned a house that was security for the other property and they wanted to move from their main house and liquidate but keep the other property, the bank still needs security. So if one of the family members has 100 grand sitting around, some banks will allow a term deposit to be locked away as security. Yep. So it's just one of those things mm-hmm. like chat to Welly, Sean yeah. Wellman from Wellman Finance because he will eat that up for dinner. But at the end of the day when there's guarantors, it means the bank needs security and there hasn't been enough money going in.
2: No, and I think when entering any sort of joint venture or family arrangement, call it what you want, you've got to go in with clear expectations and have review points to say, well, in two years' time, we're going to all sit down and say, do we continue?
1: And also chat about exit strategies.
2: Yeah, which involves usually one of three options or at least Mm. two anyway to Mm. say, well, let's all agree to to go with this um, option and then review in another two and, years.
1: And we're thinking negative. It could be get a broker out, get all the property valued. Mm. They may have increased and they could all stand up on their own.
2: Yeah, and I see quite a bit where one partner wants to get out of the race because they've just recently married or something like that and they want to take their portion and buy their home together, whereas the other partner's in there single and happy and doesn't want to sell. So it's a bit of a to and fro to get a happy uh, ending
1: totally alright guys thanks for your time today bye. Right, bye
2: special thanks to Wellman Finance our podcast partner Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey even if it's your first time with expertise in investment and home loans they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step
1: for more info check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash m3 if you want to really turn up your property education and information journey make sure you check out the solver property and finance academy this is an amazing online resource that john has put together it's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers whether for their home to live in or an investment property or if you're a seasoned property investor this online academy is for you check out the link in the show notes it will change your life If you let it.
2: If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted
1: professionals.